My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And today we're going to be thinking about stress and how we can deal with it better. Now, this is one of those topics that applies to all of us because all of us have stress in our lives. It is a part of life. And until our lives on earth end, we're going to be dealing with stress. And so I'm hopeful and prayerful that this sermon today, I feel like, and I felt this way when I preached the sermon here in our church sometime back, is almost like a counseling session more than it is a sermon. In fact, these are some things that I would share with you if you were in my office and you were sharing with me how stressed out, overwhelmed, uptight, and anxious you feel, how you're having a hard time relaxing, and uh, just how, how life has somehow overwhelmed you. These are some of the things that I would share with you. These are simply things that God has shown me in my life. And I wish I could say that I've reached a place where I have mastered stress, that I'm no longer ever stressed out. But that wouldn't be true. Sometimes I still get stressed out and I have that feeling of being overwhelmed and like life is just coming in on me and I've, I've got too many uh, plates that I'm trying to spin uh, all at the same time. And I know you sometimes feel that way too. So wherever you might be today, whatever might be stressing you out, I'm praying that this simple message from the Bible, we're thinking today about John chapter 15, really in verse number five, where Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And so before we even get into the sermon, I'll tell you the solution to dealing with stress, or at least one of the solutions, and that is to abide in Jesus, to trust in him. And as you trust in him, let him begin to produce peace and joy in your heart. And abiding in Jesus in many ways really is the cure for stress. And some of the things I'm going to be sharing today uh, are some other practical things you can do that I pray will reduce and maybe even eliminate the stress that you're now facing. Stress is a real problem, and stress can negatively affect our relationship, certainly with one another, with ourselves, but it can also affect our relationship with God. And so stress is something that we all have in our life. We all deal with things that cause us to be stressful and anxious and uptight and pressure and all these things. And back earlier in the year, I read a book, and if you are going through stress or if you just want to learn more about the subject, I read a book by Max Licato called Anxious for Nothing. And he's taking that title right out of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, where Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... So on he goes. But this is one of the best books that I have ever written on anxiety. On, I never didn't write it, that I've ever read. Oh, I wish I would have written it, but I, 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 that I've ever read on anxiety or stress or pressure or just the things we all deal with in life. And I just thought that some of the things Lucado said were so very good. Here, let me just read you part of this. He said, anxiety takes our breath for sure. If only that were all it took. It also takes our sleep, our energy, our well-being. This is why the Bible says, do not fret. It only causes harm. 
harm to our necks, jaws, and backs. Anxiety can twist us into emotional pretzels. It can make our eyes twitch, our blood pressure rise, our heads ache, and our armpits sweat. To see the consequences of anxiety, just read about half the ailments in a medical book. And then Lakato says, anxiety ain't fun. Chances are that you know someone who seriously struggles with anxiety. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, anxiety disorders are reaching epidemic proportions. In a given year, nearly 50 million Americans will feel the effects of a panic attack, some kind of a phobia, or other anxiety disorders. Our chest will tighten, we'll feel dizzy and lightheaded, we'll fear crowds and avoid people. Anxiety disorders in the United States are the number one mental health problem for women and the number two mental health problem for men behind alcohol and drug abuse. The, now, this is an interesting statement here. The United States is now the most anxious nation in the world. And then Lucado said, congratulations to us. And he goes through talking about people on Xanax, people on Valium, and all the, diff- all the amounts of money that is being spent. And then he quotes one psychologist who said, now this is an amazing statement. He said, the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Now, you think about that. The average child is as stressed out, anxious, and uptight as somebody who was under psychiatric treatment back in the 1950s. And so the question is, how do we deal with stress? How do we deal with anxiety? And we all have it in our lives. We all have pressures and responsibilities. And so it's interesting. On Monday of this week, when I was starting this sermon... What you see in the bulletin today, that was going to be the whole sermon. And then later in the week, and especially yesterday, when I was finishing this sermon, I got thinking about stress. And I got thinking about all the different pressures that we all feel in life. And I just felt like God again was saying, John, what you need to do is slow down in John 15. This whole thing about abiding in me is so important that you need to just deal with it slowly and methodically in an attempt to try to help people who are struggling not to abide. And today, for those who are not abiding for the reason of stress. In other words, sometimes in our lives we feel like we can't relax. We just can't get to a place of ease. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is how to deal with stress. And so yesterday afternoon, middle of the day, I was home thinking about this. And I just kind of praying it over and thinking. And I just got a notepad and I started writing down how to deal with stress. And I just felt like I just jotted out several different ideas, and, and I thought, man, this is so practical. This is so helpful. I should write a booklet on stress. And then I started getting stressed out thinking about a booklet. And I said, I'm not going to write a booklet on it. I'm going to preach a sermon on it, and then that's going to be it. And somebody else, Lucado's already written a full-blown book on it. But what I want to do today, I wish you, I know that bulletin outline page is full, but somewhere, if you're a note taker, I want to give you some pieces of advice, some practical steps, suggestions that I want to make to you today on how to deal with stress and anxiety in your life. Now, before I get into this, how many of, I'm not talking about necessarily panic attacks or severe phobias or fears of crowds or anything like that. But how many of you would say that in your life, stress 
is a problem, at least from time to time. Would you raise your hand? Okay. If nobody would have raised their hand, I would have had stress because this sermon wouldn't have fit. But virtually everybody has raised their hand saying that from time to time, stress can be a real problem in your life. So I want to give you several pieces of information. I'm going to just talk till about 1025, and we'll just see where we are when time's up. Number one, do your best with your daily responsibilities. Do the best that you can with your responsibilities in your relationships, your family, your work. Just do the best you can. We all have responsibilities, and we're supposed to do our very best. And so I want to just say that right up front because some of these other things that I'm about to say, I don't want you to, to hear me saying be sloppy, be, you know, uh, don't, you know, just do it halfway. No, do your dead-level best at everything that you do. Number two. Do your best, but don't try to be a perfectionist. Do your best, but don't try to be a perfectionist. And I'll be honest with you, this is one area that I really struggle with in my life because I, I think I am a perfectionist. And, and the problem with being a perfectionist is none of us are perfect. And, but if you're a perfectionist and you're always trying to do everything perfectly, it can cause a great amount of stress in your life. And, and I experienced this just last week. I just wrote this little booklet called uh, Lessons from the Lion's Den, talking about Daniel and the Lion's Den. We'll hopefully have it out just before Thanksgiving. And I had put a deadline on that we're going to have that to the printer last Friday. And so we've, several of us have been working on that booklet for the last few weeks. And, and yet as I got closer to Friday, and we were still pretty thick in the editing process of that book, I started to feel the stress, and I started to feel the pressure, and I would read through the book, and I would find an error, and I thought, we've got to change this, fix that, and so by the time I went home from work on Thursday evening, I was, I was pretty stressed out, because I, and, and it's not bad to, to try to do, it's good to try to do your best, but what I'm saying is, there's a point out there in all of our lives where you want to do your best. But you have to do the best that you can under the circumstances. I can remember when I was in seminary, one of my good friends and I were talking one day after a, a I can't remember, I think it was a test we had taken, and, and he was saying to me, he said, you know, John, I only made, I think he made like an 85 on the test. And he said, you know, 85 is not bad. He said, I, I, I could have made like a, a 95 or a 96. He said, but let me tell you why I made an 85. He said, I have a wife, I have kids, I have a full-time job, and he said, I had to get to a place in my life where I could accept that making an, an 85 with those other responsibilities is more important to me than making a 100 if I didn't have those other responsibilities. In other words, he was sharing with me, and it was a long story he gave, but he said, I have come to the place in my life where I do the best I can with my responsibilities under the circumstances. And so I've never forgotten that. And so I just encourage you in your life, do your best, but understand that perfection while we pursue perfection and we want to do our dead level best, none of us are going to do anything perfectly well. And so don't fall into that perfection trap. Because, you know, if you, if you, if you have the attitude, I'm either going to do this project perfectly or I'm not going to do it at all, eventually you won't do it at all. 
And so do the best you can under the circumstances and just accept that and live with that. Number three thing that I think is so very good, don't do more than you can peacefully do. Don't do more than you can peacefully do. I heard a pastor say one time, God never gives us more to do in any given day than we can gracefully do. So you think about that. If you, in a given day, are doing so many different things that you feel uptight, stressed out, and you're thinking to yourself, I just, I can't handle this. I'm spinning too many plates at one time. I have more on my plate than I can handle. Then you have to, you have to start doing less. Remember this, when you feel stressed, you've got to do less. That came to me this morning. Isn't that good? And it rhymes and everything. When you feel stressed, you've got to do less. Say that with me. When you feel stressed, you've got to do less. And so, sometimes we have to cut back. I was at an event yesterday in Friendswood, and I was talking to a family from our church. Their husband and wife are probably in their mid-30s. They have two daughters, wonderful family. They come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So they're very plugged in here to the church. And they were telling me yesterday about their daughter's activities in the school and that they attend and the sports activities and everything. And I said to them, I don't see how y'all do it. I mean, you've got all these things going on. And the wife spoke up and she said, well, John, I want to tell you something. She said, a couple of weeks ago, I, we made a decision as a family. I think by that she meant her, she and her husband made a decision. The girls weren't a part of this. She and her husband made a decision. Here was a the decision. They said, for the remainder of this school year, our daughters are not allowed to be in any more activities than they're already in. No more dance, no more sports, no more choir. I mean, whatever they're in right now that we've committed to, we're going to finish out the year. But that what they were saying is our schedule is so full with school activities that we don't even have time to be together as much as we want to as a family for driving and going to all these events. And they said we can, we can about manage what we've got. But we can't do any more. And so I think this is good advice here. Don't do more than you can peacefully do. Sometimes when we're stressed out, we have to learn to just say no. Remember back in the 1980s, Nancy Reagan came up with that just say no. And it had to do with drugs and alcohol, just say no. Well, I think that's something we have to apply. You know, sometimes in your life, you can get so many things going on and then somebody asks you to do something else, and you think, if I do that, I'm going to be spinning too many plates, and it's going to stress me out. I had this happen a few weeks ago. I was mentioning the booklet I just did on the uh, Lessons from the Lions Den. On the week that I wrote that booklet, I had set aside X number of days, and I said, I'm going to do this booklet in, in these days. And during that week, I got a phone call from a friend, and he said to me, hey, John, I've got tickets and I want to invite you to the Astros game on the particular night of the week. And they were really good seats. And he said, can you, can you go to the game? And he, in fact, he invited me and my dad. And he said, can you? I said, I appreciate your asking. I just can't, I can't go to the game this week. He called me back two days later. said, John, I've got tickets for this, for it was on a, the next night. And he said, can you, can you go to the game? And I, and I thought about it. And I wanted to go because I, I liked my friend and those are great seats. But I just felt like I can't, I can't go because I, I need to do what I'm doing here. That same week, I had another friend call and get, offer me tickets. It was a Texans-Cowboys preseason game. 
I said, John, I know you love Cowboys especially. He said, can, would you, can you go to the game? And at first, I wanted to say, man, that would be a lot of fun. And then I just thought, I can't, I can't do it. It's too, it's too much. I'm going to be getting home at 1130, 12 o'clock at night with these other responsibilities. And so in one week, I turned down three different ballgames. Now, if any of you have tickets for tonight's game, <laughs> I would like for you to offer those and just see what I would do. I, but to be honest with you, and I'm going to, after church, I'll get home and I'll enjoy that game on TV. But, but I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the game tonight. I couldn't go. There's no way that I can do two sermons this morning, be a part of a prayer service tonight, and be at NRG Stadium until 1130 and then come home and then have a start tomorrow's work. I can't. So what I'm saying is we have to sometimes just say, I would like to do these things, but I can't. It's just too much, and I, it, it causes me a little bit of stress, and so I can't do it. Now, the fourth thing, you still listen, say amen. Now, I'm giving you practical steps that you can take to, to relieve anxiety in your life. And number four is a big one. Try to sit before the Lord 30 minutes a day. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18, the Bible says, then King David went in and sat before the Lord. To sit before the Lord, I'm not talking about reading your Bible. I'm not talking about having a prayer list where you're reading things to God. I'm talking about for 30 minutes a day, and if that sounds too long, back it down to 15, back it down to 10. I don't think the time is significant, but, but some, some period of time. For me, 30 minutes seems to be good, where you turn the television off and where you just sit before the Lord. I have a picture in my home, in my, in my den, above my fireplace, and it's a picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's feeding a couple of sheep. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And so I normally sit on my sofa and I'll just look up at that picture. And there are things I say to the Lord. There are things I ask of the Lord. But more often than not, I'm just sitting there. Like when I read that, thought about that verse about David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. There's something about sitting before the Lord that is calming and that is relaxing and that helps us to refocus our attention on Him. And you say, well, John, I've never done it. I've never just sat before the Lord. Well, listen, in the world in which we live, people are doing all kind of things in an attempt to relax. They're doing yoga. They're lighting candles. They're working on their breathing techniques. They're doing everything in the world they can do. Why not try sitting before the Lord? Because what does the Scripture say? It teaches us that in God's presence... We find peace and tranquility. I read a psalm last week in Psalm 131 in verse 2. The psalmist said, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Say that with me. I have calmed and quieted my soul. And that's what we all need to do. And we calm and we quiet our soul when we sit before the Lord in His presence. More often than not, just in silence. I did this yesterday, and there's something about doing that that just calms us down and gives us a peace in our heart. And then the number five thing, if you want to deal with stress more effectively in your life, this is the best of all that I've mentioned, and that is trust the Lord with whatever is stressing you out. Whatever you're stressed about, finances, health, a relationship, work, the future, your family, a wayward child, whatever it is that's stressing you out, trust the Lord with that thing. What does it say in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7? Casting our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. And so that thing in your life that is stressing you out, causing you anxiety, Instead of worrying about that, I was reading something this morning about stress that I thought was so good. Somebody said the most important thing 
is not the cause of your stress or even the amount of your stress. The most important thing is what do you do with your stress? Do you allow that stress to come between you and God and cause you to stop abiding? Or do you take that stress to God and say, God, with this thing, these things in my life that I'm stressed out about, I'm bringing them to you. I'm putting them in your hands. I'm trusting you to help me with this stress. And if you respond that way, then what happens is the stress actually becomes a positive in your life because now you're dealing with it right and you're turning it over to the Lord. I was thinking about this last night when I was finishing this sermon and I thought, you know, when I go to church tomorrow morning and preach in both services, there are going to be a lot of stressed out people out there. I know that because sometimes I'm stressed out. And there are a lot of people who are stressed out for a lot of different reasons. But then this thought came to my mind, and I want to to end with this today. I would imagine, even in this room right now, there are some people who are stressed out, and the cause of your stress is the condition of your soul. In other words, you're stressed out. Because you don't know what's going to happen to you when you die. You don't know if you're going to heaven or you don't know if you're going to hell. You don't know what's going to happen to you. And friend, let me say this to you. There is no stress like that stress. There's no stress like saying, I don't know what would happen to me or what will happen to me when I die. And as I thought about that last night, I just felt like God put on my heart as I end this sermon To say as clearly and as plainly as I know how to say, if you today are in any way troubled about the condition of your soul, that's one stress that can be alleviated immediately if you today will come to Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? rest. You see, when you're troubled and worried about your soul, you don't have rest. You have anxiety. You have stress. Today, when I, in just a moment, I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to sing another song, and we're going to give people in this room right now an opportunity to come forward, to take one of us by the hand. The ministers will be here at the front. And some of you today who are troubled about your soul could come to us today and say, I just don't know for sure What's going to happen to me when I die? And I want to get that stress alleviated. I want to get that stress removed. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want a new beginning in my life. I want to get a brand new start. And so today, some need to come and say, I need to be saved. Others here today, you've already been saved. Maybe you've never been baptized. In a moment, we're going to ask you to come forward and just to say, hey, today I want to, uh, I want to come for my baptism. I, was, I saw earlier in the, bull, in, in the bulletin this morning that to the glory of God this year, 133 people have already been saved here in our church. 133 people have been saved. And so that's, that's multiple people every week who are receiving Christ. And I just feel like today, I felt it last night in my home study, that today there are people who need to be saved. Well, it may be today that the cause of your stress is that you're just not sure that you're saved. And friend, I want to say to you today, if you will call on Jesus Christ in prayer, asking Him to save you, 
trusting him to do it, that he will save you today. And that's one thing you'll never have to be stressed out about again. Would you just pray this prayer? Maybe you're in your car today on a trip or driving to work. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're in a hospital. But would you just pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, you know how anxious I've been about my own soul. Lord, I want to be saved, and I want to know that I'm saved. And so I'm asking you right now, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm counting on you to do what you promised to do, and that is to save me if I would trust you. And I do trust you, Lord, with all of my heart. In your name I pray. Amen. And friend, if you have prayed that prayer, God has heard you. God has answered it. Today is the day of your salvation. So just trust Jesus, walk with him, and I hope you'll be with us next time.